Welcome to Junior to Senior, the podcast for ambitious devs who want to take their career to the next level. I'm your host, David Gutman. Today is the second episode in our special Ask the Experts series. You're going to hear from five incredibly impressive people and get their valuable perspective on software and technology careers. Today, we've got Kent C. Dodds of EpicReact.dev and TestingJavaScript.com fame, Sarah Drasner, who is currently the VP of Developer Experience at Netlify, View core team member and staff writer at CSS Tricks, Scott Hanselman, host of the Hansel Minutes podcast and his popular YouTube channel, Troy Hunt, Microsoft Regional Director and creator of the awesome HaveIBeenOwned.com, as well as several security courses on Plural site, and Wes Boss, host of the Syntax podcast and creator of many wildly popular courses on web development, including the free 30-day vanilla JavaScript coding challenge. I received a lot of great feedback on last week's episode, and I think you're going to love this one too. So let's jump right in with the first question. What is the most fundamental skill for an aspiring dev to have? Kent, Sarah, Troy, Scott, and Wes weigh in. I think that one of the most important things that you can learn to do as an aspiring dev is um, to recognize that code is code and not magic. And so when you're working in uh, or working with a library or, or some open source thing, uh, some tool, um, you'd be surprised how much you can understand of what's going on under the hood and you shouldn't be afraid to dive in. Now, it's it's not easy and it is hard and uh, sometimes you will look at code and be like, I have no idea what that is. But how do you expect that you're ever going to be able to figure out what that is if you don't take some time to dive in and learn about that? So uh, that would be the uh, a really important, I don't know if I'd say it's the most fundamental skill. Um, I'd also say like communication is really important and stuff like that. But um, yes, being able to, uh, to dive in and uh, not being afraid and, and not just considering things are magic is a really important skill. Uh, also, read error messages. Uh, often people will post an error message, say, hey, help me with this. And the solution is right in the error message. So yeah, read those error messages, uh, Google the error message, and, uh, and yeah, don't be afraid to, to dive in. Great question. I would really say the desire to learn. That sounds so obvious or cliche, but it's really hard and humbling to learn a new thing. It means you have to be confronted with your own limitations and push past it. I think learning to learn is a fundamental skill in programming because the landscape changes quite a bit and every dev new and experienced needs to practice to keep up. I wrote an article about how I systematize this a bit for myself. In case it's helpful, I'll share the link. Oh, you know, I'm going to go old school and go back to communication. I I love that we have so many smart people and so much good technical brain power out there. But if you can't communicate and can't relate to people, all of that sort of goes to waste. So I think that that is the most fundamental thing. That's the foundation for everything else to build on. The number one thing that people need to have when they are an aspiring dev is an understanding of systems. I'm less interested in someone's ability to code or to remember specific keywords or APIs and more interested in their ability to think about how they fit into the world, how they as humans fit into the world, how objects, hardware fit into the world, and how pieces of software fit into the world. Everything else can be learned 
but you can't really teach height if you're building a basketball team. So understanding how systems snap together. And actually a really good example of that was I was presenting to a young uh, bunch of high school girls and I said, my toaster is broken. And they said, why? I thought we were going to talk about programming. And I said, no, no, the toaster's not able to toast right now. I need help debugging this. And there was a long, awkward pause. And someone said, does the toaster have power? And they all started talking about the system that the toaster existed in and arguing about how it worked. And then one of them eventually said, do the neighbors have power? And then I stopped them and I said, that's a programmer right there. You're thinking about the system. That's an excellent, excellent question. I want to make toast. It doesn't work. Do the neighbors have power? Um, I think self-confidence. Uh, I think you need to know that this stuff is doable. You're learning to code. You're learning to build websites. You're learning to build apps. This is hard. It's really frustrating, but it's doable. Like I think you need to know that people like me, people that uh, I'm working with, these these are not super smart, brilliant math people. Um, we're just regular people. And we like there certainly are lots of smart people out there, but most of us are just regular people. And um, we're just people who kept at it. We, we pushed through the hard parts. We kept learning we, day in, day out. And boom, before you know it, seven years later, you're actually kind of good at this stuff. Um, so, so that's it. There's, there's a lot of um, self-doubt and imposter syndrome and all that stuff that you hear about with, with junior devs. And people just, they aren't sure if it's for them. Um, and, and usually it's... Um, you can learn it. It's, it's, it's doable. You can do it. There's a quote by Henry Ford. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. It borders too much on the power of positive thinking and woo-woo for me. But Kent brings up a situation where it really matters. Your abilities can often outstrip your confidence, and I've seen too many devs just assume that they won't be able to understand the source code of a project they're using or assume they won't be able to decipher what an error message is telling them. In these cases, they often come immediately for help. Just like Kent says, there's no magic, and after they take another look, they usually figure it out. This fits in with what Wes says as well. This is all doable, as long as you keep at it. Many of the most notable people in our industry don't have innate talent that you don't have, but they have stuck with it. Sarah takes that a bit further. Sticking with it is a lot easier if you develop the desire to learn and confront your limitations. You can also learn how to learn, and Sarah has an awesome article on this that I've linked to in the show notes. Troy mentions communication, which comes up constantly on this show, and for good reason. Like he says, without it, everything else you're doing will go to waste. I'm also glad Kent gives a shout out to it as well. Now, I love Scott's answer, and it completely surprised me. Writing software is like building a machine, an invisible machine made up of thousands of tiny invisible parts. Unsurprisingly, things constantly fail in new and surprising ways. If you don't enjoy thinking about the interactions and coming up with ways to diagnose and isolate problems, you're going to have a harder time. Our next question is, what is the biggest career mistake junior devs make? Kent, Sarah, Troy, Scott, and Wes give their take. I think undervaluing your value or undervaluing yourself, uh, selling yourself short. I noticed this, especially um, 
with uh, women devs, um, not to call them out specifically, but often uh, they don't ask for enough money. Um, and uh, this is not just in my own experience, but also um, from women who I've talked with who, who say that. So if you're a woman and you're a developer, um, make sure that you reevaluate um, how much you charge for your services or, or uh, your uh, uh, consulting fees or whatever. Um, but yeah, everybody in general I think that you underappreciate how much value you add to the company. And so when it comes down to um, negotiating for yourself, uh, the you know your pay or whatever, um, recognize the in immense value that you offer. Um, and I also see this, uh, this problem uh, manifested in when people are talking about um, uh, like whether they can blog or create content of any kind, they often um, will undervalue their knowledge and their ability to, to share that knowledge. And it's important to remember that you're not just um, sharing knowledge um, that nobody else has shared before, like some groundbreaking new thing. That's that's not really the reason that we share knowledge necessarily. A big reason I do is um, because it helps solidify in my mind what that um, thing is, whatever it is that I'm trying to uh, to teach. And so, um, yeah, I, I often see people undervaluing their experience um, or themselves and the value that they can create. And uh, that's a that's a pretty big mistake. So avoid that. Oh, this is a hard one. Um, I'm not really sure it's so universal and perhaps this isn't a mistake, but I'd be wary of thinking anything is the one true way. I do see this kind of thinking in junior devs more than senior ones who've seen the industry shift and change over so many years. I would say stay curious, explore things that sound uncomfortable because programming is rarely, ironically, rarely a Boolean. Biggest career mistake a little bit controversial and say focusing on tertiary education that's <laughs> going to upset some people <laughs> now my my own path I, I did go to university and i dropped out about 80 percent of the way through uh or, or perhaps more more generically uh focusing on on certifications or formal education at the expense of experience so I love that in this current era, it is so easy for anyone to go out and actually do stuff, not just learn stuff, but do stuff. I love that I can go and so my, my son's 11. Uh, he's getting interested in this sort of thing. He can turn around and start writing software on the little laptop we're giving him, putting it in GitHub, publishing it to the cloud for free. I would love to see more of that sort of thing and less focus on trying to get letters after names. I personally think it's a good idea to be a Swiss army knife and to know a little bit about a lot and to have a little bit of breadth. I would probably say going too deep into one thing and missing the forest for the trees. Um, I think not putting yourself out there enough. Um, I, I see it a lot. I get a lot of questions from people like, hey, I'm, I'm trying to apply for a job, but I'm getting nothing. I'm getting crickets. And then you say, like, all right, well, like, let's take a look at what you got. And a website's like empty. There's nothing there, uh, or or it's even broken. Um, there's there's nothing on your GitHub. Uh, there's no conversation on Twitter. Um, and and that's not to say that that's what people look for when they're hiring. But when people are hiring, 
they will often reach out to people who are on their radar first. Um, and if you're out there, if you're contributing on GitHub, helping people on Stack Overflow, talk, joining conversation on Twitter, uh, maybe even applying for conference talks, going to meetups, all of that stuff. If you're out there and and just making yourself be seen, um, that's a huge asset to getting your first job. So um, don't do anything in silence um, because that's, that's not going to help you. Such a good collection of perspectives here. Confidence comes into play here again with Kent and Wes's answer. In particular, it's common for devs to think that they have nothing novel to share or they're not an expert and they shouldn't be blogging, sharing, or otherwise putting themselves out there. Kent makes a great point, which is that by teaching what you know to others, you solidify it for yourself. This is really important. Secondly, like Wes points out, if you're silent and invisible, you're going to be missing out on a lot of opportunities that will go to people who aren't. Make sure you at least have a personal site and make your capabilities known. The other part of what Kent says is also very important. Many devs have a hard time asking for what they are worth. And it could be from a lack of confidence that they undersell themselves. The best thing you can do is get more clarity on what your skills are worth to different companies or clients. Keep in mind that there isn't a true intrinsic value to being able to build React apps or the other things that you do. To get the best handle on your value to a company, you need to know how much they have to gain or save by having you on board. Additionally, you should also be aware of how much they'd have to pay someone else if you weren't available. I think both Sarah and Scott touch on a similar concept. Stay curious. Keep the broader picture and context in mind. I noticed that it's the junior devs who love to come into a project and immediately want to change everything to match what they're familiar with because they feel that it's the one true way. And finally, remember that experience is everything. Like Troy says, make sure you're not missing out on valuable experience while chasing other things. And now, on to our final question for today. Are computer science degrees still relevant? Let's hear what Kent, Sarah, Troy, Scott, and Wes have to say. Sure they are. Um, are humans still relevant today? Yeah, sure. Like, uh, are law uh, majors still relevant? Yeah, absolutely. Like, it. I, I honestly, I, I don't think that's what the question's getting at. It's just like, is it necessary to get a computer science major? Um, and the, to answer that question, um, I don't think it was ever necessary um, to get a computer science major. Um, uh, it's certainly easier to get employed now than it used to be uh, without a computer science major, and I think that will continue. Uh, that trend will con continue. With computer science, things are changing so quickly that um, anything that you learn in school is outdated within a few years anyway. So it doesn't really make a huge difference whether you hold that degree. Now, I I suppose it does um, maybe some of the lower level things or, or if you're going to be um, specialized in um, fine-tuning performance or something. But that, that piece of paper doesn't give you that experience. Uh, you don't just get that experience from four years at a university or whatever. Um that, that experience comes from time um, working in, in it. And there are definitely companies that are still in the dark ages of requiring that piece of paper from you. Um, and that's their loss, honestly. Uh, I, and to be clear, I have a master's degree in information systems, uh, but very uh, similar in many ways. And I don't care 
Uh, I, I've hired people with PhDs and I've hired people who just got out of boot camps. And to be frank, in my experience, the people who just got out of boot camps um, did more for the company than, um, than the people uh, I hired with PhDs. So, um, and that's very anecdotal. Uh, but uh, all I'm saying is the, the degree is not what makes the difference. It's the um, experience and what you can bring to the company. So, uh, yes, they're absolutely still relevant. Do you need one? No. Sure. There's never any harm in knowing more things. You don't necessarily need a degree, but if you take the path of no degree, like I did, you do have to replace that degree with a lot of learning on your own. So it kind of depends on your situation and whether you're up for that. So as we sort of go back to the, the previous points, I, I don't want to say that they are irrelevant, but I do believe that they are much less relevant than what they were Let's say when I started doing mine. So I started doing mine in 95, which now feels like a very long time ago. Now, in, in 95, yeah, there wasn't a GitHub or a Stack Overflow or something like this. There wasn't cloud. Uh, there wasn't the opportunity to demonstrate your competencies in this sort of independently verifiable way that there is today. There also was a lot less access to information. Like if I look at my bookshelf at the moment, I've still got HTML for dummies, which I bought in 95, because that was the only way I could. I couldn't even learn that at university, actually. But you certainly couldn't go online and and do courses. Uh, I've got a sponsor on my blog this week that, that goes through a boot camp process with people in the infosec industry and then guarantees them a job. And you can sit at home and do that. You just couldn't do that in days gone by. Uh, but again, I come back to the previous point where I think tertiary education is relevant as a means of helping people find their way, whether they see it all the way through or whether they get partway through and they find traction or something and then they go off and, and do that. So I think that they are less relevant, but they still have a place. This is a tough one. It's a little controversial. I tend to lean more towards software engineering majors. I believe that the practice of software is particularly helpful, and I think of computer science majors as being somewhat theoretical. Um, I think a BS in computer science is a good place to get started if you go to university, but I think a software engineer is a more practical, pragmatic um, place to start. But I am also saying that as a person with a software engineering degree who did not enjoy the overly theoretical things of computer science until later in my career. So relevant, yes, but I, I, I tend to lean towards the pragmatists. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it wasn't for me, um, but they are definitely solving problems out there that are that need the skills that you learn in computer science. Um, luckily for, for many areas of being a developer, um, you don't need those skills because the stuff we're doing is hard, but we don't need a lot of the comp size skills that, that come our way. The, the people that are maybe building these libraries and doing these low level implementations and whatnot, maybe they need them, but I know that people making these things don't necessarily have those. Um, but yeah, let, let's keep around the comp side people because they're doing things like building self-driving cars and coming up with new image compression formats. Like those are very important things for us, but like putting a div on a page with some text in it is maybe not, you don't necessarily need a comp sci degree for that. It's pretty neat that all of our experts think about this similarly. Yes, a computer science degree is relevant. There are plenty of areas where that will be helpful. However, is it necessary? Not at all. I love that Kent has seen boot camp grads provide more value than PhDs, because I've seen the same thing. 
I also really like that Troy points out that institutional education can be a great resource for helping people find their way. But once you know what you're going after, you can totally do without. All right, folks, that's it for today. I'm David Gutman, and I hope you join me again next time for Junior to Senior. Next week, we'll have our final episode in this series of Ask the Experts. Cheers. Cheers.